Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Excited you're here today. Welcome to Oceans Church. Um, I believe that God brought you here today on purpose. We like to say the word church for people that maybe normally don't like going to church. I, I pray today that you're excited for what God's doing, that you're looking forward to what he's going to do today. Uh, I want to invite you today just to open up your heart to all that God wants to do. If you believe that God can speak to you today, we'll just go ahead and say amen. amen. I'm excited. It's going to be a great day. Um, well, a lot of cool things happening right now, and uh, this is no exception. We're starting a new series today called Build. Bill, Bill, Bill. Well, that's, that's, that's a novel idea. <laughs> Uh, we're at, we are getting ready to start a building, uh, a building project with our new physical building. I do believe there's seasons of your life, though, that what happens naturally is also happening spiritually. And um, God is building right now. He's building what he's doing in California. I believe that he's not just building Ocean's Church. He is building the Big Sea Church. You know, right now we live in a world that's kind of falling apart. It's almost untethering, but God is simultaneously building his church. world is losing its mind, but God is giving his people the mind of Christ. There's shadows covering our land, but the light of God is shining in his church. You believe that? Come on, say a good amen. Well, hey, if you're new today, uh, I'm going to open the Bible up. We believe that God can speak in many ways, many forms, uh, but his favorite, most consistent way is through the Bible. So we're going to open up together to Matthew chapter 16. We're going to read a pretty familiar passage if you've grown up in church. I'll read six verses. I have four ideas that God wanted me to give you that you, I want to encourage you to write down. Uh, Yale and Oxford did studies about people that took notes. They found in every instance that they married better-looking people. It's a joke. But uh, I want to encourage you to take notes. Paper doesn't forget. And sometimes, even if you don't maybe go back and study the, the notes, I think that you retain more sometimes. So I'm like, well, I don't like taking notes. I don't even remember what you said last week. I don't remember what I said last week. <laughs> Truthfully, I don't. I don't remember what was the message. I preached out of the Bible last week. But I know this, is that I don't have to remember what I ate last Sunday to be fed by it. And you might forget what I shared today, but I do believe there is a spiritual nutrient that happens when we show up and when we meet with God. If you believe it, say amen. I want to remind you that we're not a quiet church. We believe in agreeing with God. And uh, that doesn't mean we're obnoxious. It just means that we're in agreement. And I believe that when the room has faith, you vocalize. Faith usually isn't faith until you vocalize it. That's why God created everything in the beginning with his words. Our words still have the power to create today. So when we say amen, you're just saying, I agree with that. That's a great, that's, that's true. I'm in. Sign me up. Bang a rank. Whatever you got to say. So excited you're here today. Uh, we're going to go to Matthew 16. If you're there, say I'm there. I'm excited for what God is going to do. And uh, we're going to spend three weeks. It was really cool. Last night, God gave me the next three weeks of messages. Which that's always so cool when that happens. It's like, thank you, Lord. I feel like taking a vacation right now. But um, we're going to have a good time. And uh, I felt God's heart really strong for many of you. Uh, you don't know this, but um, you know when I pray for you during the week? It's weird. Being a pastor, I, it's hard to explain. It's, it's probably different than being a teacher or a police officer or a fireman. And, you know, everyone has different graces. But I would say that when you're a pastor, it is kind of uncanny how God will give you a, a, almost a heartbeat of where the people of your church are at. He almost gives you the ability to feel the emotions, the stress, the, the trauma. He, he gives, it's just weird. You, you have burdens, and um, not bad in a bad way, but you can feel the temperature of the land that you're pastoring in. 
And as I was praying for you this week, a couple things came to mind that God wanted me to share with you is that he did tell me that he was going to wipe away tears today. I saw some of you with cheeks running down your face, been crying for a long time, maybe not physically crying, but you've been spiritually mourning for a while. And I do believe this is the end of that season. There's others that I saw last night um, that were sick in your physical body. And here's the cool thing. God's not only going to heal you today of your sickness. Some of you, your physical symptoms are connected to not being forgiven by God. And he said that he wants to forgive you today. How cool is that that God forgives people? Isn't that good news? Um, not to get weird, and I'm not going to go too crazy on this, but we will pray for people at the end. I want you to know that there is a spiritual realm that we are attacked by. There are real angels. There are real demons. We're not scared of demons. Why not? Because it says only a third fell. So it means two-thirds are still with us. Can I get an amen? No mathematician, but that's simple math. Uh, But just so you know, factually, even if all of them fell with Lucifer, God could take them all out by himself. And so I want you to know that there are people that are being vexed, attacked. Your mind has been bombarded by this darkness. And I saw God today just literally evicting that darkness. And kind of like when you turn a light on, if there's no fight, the darkness isn't like, we're not going. It's like, no, it's gone. And I saw God's light shining into your mind, into your soul. It's not weird. It's not weird. If it's in the Bible, it's not weird. Might be outside of our comfort zone, but it's not outside of God's wheelhouse. And as long as Jesus is up for it, I'm up for it. Amen? Anybody believe that God can set people free still today? So we're not crazy with it. We're not spooky. I promise if you get weirded out today, you're probably weird, not us. Um, We're going to do this as normal as we can. Um, But I do believe that we serve a supernatural God, that his desire is to see his kids healthy. Do you believe that? I want you to know that God doesn't, I don't think that God gets glory by us all suffering and all, all of us being in bondage, all of us being in captive, uh, in captivity to our darkness and our, and our idols and just all the junk that tries to run our lives. I think God loves it when our kids, when his kids are full of his sunshine. You believe that today? Y'all, y'all up for having a good time? All right, Matthew 16, if you're there, say I'm there. I do believe this can actually impact your life in a great way. I believe that what I share with you today has the power to impact your children, your children's children. Um, and uh, I thought about that song. and your, The blessing song. You guys see that like it was like a, um, <laughs> it was funny. It was like Hulk Hogan. It was like little Hulk Hogan, little Hulk Hogan, little Hulk Hogan. Do you guys see that? Your generations. Anyways, Nathaniel saw it. You have my back, bro. I appreciate that. Um, it's worth it. I'll post it later, maybe. Uh, if you have your Bible, Matthew 16, is it okay to have a sense of humor? I'm sorry. I think God has a sense of humor. It says he laughs at his enemies. If you're laughing at your enemies, you got a good sense of humor. So I might tell a couple jokes today. I promise I'll do my best, though, to relay what I felt God wanted me to share with you. If you're taking notes today, I want you to write this title down. Three weeks in a row. Today we're going to talk about building people. Say it with me. Build people. Uh, There's a little bit of a twist to this idea, so I'll explain that later, a little plot twist at the end. So I think we're going to talk about build people. Next week, we're going to talk about build places. Third week, we're going to talk about build purpose, build with purpose. And so it's going to be an awesome three weeks. I want to encourage you not to meet it. If Jesus was in Orange County three weeks in a row on Sunday at Ocean's Church, how many make sure you're there? He's going to be here. Make sure you're there, okay? Praise God. If you got your Bible, Matthew 16, verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, what region? Caesarea He asked his disciples in that region, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? What are people saying about me in Orange County is what he's saying. What are they saying in in Philippi about me? So they they said to him, they said, some people say that you're like John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. 
Others, like Jeremiah or one of the prophets, he said to them, kind of pointed the gun at them and said, but what do you, what, what do you, what, who do you, who, 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 uh, who, who do you say, who do you say that I am? Peter responded first, as he usually did. He said, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus answered, said to him, blessed. Say it with me, blessed. Blessed are you, Simon Barjonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You know who revealed it? Say it revealed. That's the Greek word apocalypto. It means to actually pull the sheet off of something that's been hidden. He says, flesh and blood hasn't revealed that to you. My father in heaven, he's the one that revealed that to you. And I also say this to you, that you are Peter because of that revelation. And on this rock, Peter means rock or stone. It means rocky. Come on, say rocky, rock. No, no. I'm calling you rock, 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 stone. On this rock, I will build my church. Not churches, not buildings. I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys. Give you what? Hell has gates. Heaven has. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one about this, that he was Jesus the Christ. So I want to talk a little bit today about this idea of build people. Build people. If you're ready to go, say, I'm ready. Let's pray together today. Lord, we love you so much. I thank you for the people that you're wiping away the tears. I thank you for the season of mourning coming to a close. I thank you for the people that are being vexed in their mind, even mental illness, bombarding their thoughts, plaguing them. I just thank you that today is the day of liberty. We ask in Jesus' name for the prodigal to come home. We pray, Lord, for the sick to be healed. We pray for marriages on the rocks that hope would flood them today. We pray that you would do what only you can do, that you would heal us from the inside to the outside. We ask you to build your church. We love you so much. Bless the Lakers next season, Lord. We just pray for an awesome day. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. amen. Come on, everyone said amen. amen. I, uh, I, I've talked much, uh, much about this at length over the last three years in my messages that I'm not the handiest person in the world. Uh, I'm not a mechanic. I'm not really good at my, working with my hands. Uh, I, I mean, I, I talk a little bit, but just enough to get by. And uh, I, I just, I'm, not a, I'm, not a, I'm not necessarily a builder. I have friends that are builders. My best friend in Idaho is actually a contractor, a builder. They build apartments and houses. Uh, but I'm not a big builder. But it's interesting to me how uh, since the origins of all of us, I would say that everybody is kind of interested in building something. Little kids, it's funny, my, my, my seven-year-old, she likes building. Uh, you know, she, she has her toys. She builds her Barbie dream house. She's building furniture. My 14-year-old is building outfits now. I come home, she's on her laptop, she's putting clothes together. She's building that stuff. I know some of you guys, it's funny, from the youngest age to the oldest age, we're kind of living in a world that's, that's intrigued with building. Some of the best-selling toys are toys that you build, like Legos. Who likes Legos? Come on. Some of you still haven't graduated, still like them Legos. Building racetracks, when I was growing up, it was building trains. Who remembers Lincoln Logs? Building uh, the Connects, there was, uh, there was erector sets. You built, you became a teenager, we started building bikes, building motorcycles, got your driver's license, started building your cars, started putting obnoxious exhaust on your Honda Civics, made it sound like they were fast, they were going nowhere. Start building our GPAs, we want to build healthy immune systems, you get old enough, you want to build your credit scores, you want to you build a house one day, one day you're like, I'll never build that IKEA furniture, no one knows how to build that. 
You build careers. There's places that you go to feel like a builder called Lowe's. Look, I'm not a builder, but sometimes I just go to Home Depot and go, yeah. Let's build something. You're a kid. You're going to build a bear. Going to build something. People are obsessed with building. And I would say that God somehow hardwired into all of us the desire to build. You might not say you're a physical engineer. Maybe you're not an architect, but everybody in this tent desires to build a healthy life. Everybody wants to build meaningful relationships. Everyone wants to build marriages that thrive. You want to build dynamic families. You want to build wealth. You want to build legacy. You want to build kids that love God. Everybody has the desire to build. Deep desire with all of us is to build. You know why? Because our God is a builder. Bible says he created everything out of nothing. It says in Hebrews that one day he's going to build a city whose maker and builder is God. In Revelations, it says the holy city is a city that has no electricity, for God himself is the light of the city. God is a builder. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And it goes on to even Genesis chapter 1. It says, in the beginning God created. He built the heavens and the Scientists tell us that time, space, and matter came in at the exact same moment. That's Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning. That's when. Who? God. Space, matter. Created the heavens and the earth. Time, space, and matter. God built time. He architected space. He manufactured, manufactured matter. He created everything with his words. Do you know that today we still build with our words? Some of you have no idea that your marriage and your life is a reflection oftentimes of the overflow surplus of your heart that's come out of your lips. My marriage stinks. My life sucks. My, my kids are terrible. My bop, 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 bop. Your words are creating death. James says that fresh water and salt water don't go out of the same openings. We're not supposed to curse men that are made in the image of God. God is a builder. He built with his words. God made man in his image. And he actually, the only thing he didn't make with his words is he actually formed man out of the dust of the ground. He built everything with his words, but he made us with his hands. Interesting that God is a builder. Everything God built, he built with his words. And I believe that whatever good things that we build, God will actually use to build us. When you're a kid, you like watching Bob the Builder, and when you become an adult, you watch Bob Vila. Come on. Who remembers Bob Vila? Three of you. God bless those people. I love this story about, about Peter. He's in Caesarea Philippi with the other disciples, and this is what I love about Jesus. Caesarea Philippi, if you don't know, it was about 25 miles northeast of the Sea of Galilee. They are far outside of their normal sphere of influence. They're in a, they're in a city. Philippi was a non-Jewish type of city. It was very small Jewish population. So he's in a foreign environment. He's in a, he's in a place that people don't believe in him. And he asked them, he goes, Hey, I want to know what this region has to say about me. I believe that the two things we got to know today is that God is interested in what this region of orange County has to say about Jesus. And when he asks about our region, the second question he'll ask us is, okay, what does orange County say that I am? And after we get that answer to him, he's going to say the second thing. What do you say? I believe that every city has an opinion about Jesus. What's wild is, is that even in the days of Jesus, healing the sick, opening up blind eyes, telling waters and oceans to shut up, 
This guy did the miraculous. Raise the dead. And people in Philippi, when they were asked, who is Jesus? They're like, he's just like a regular prophet. He's like John the Baptist. He's like Jeremiah. He's like, he's like Elijah. He's just kind of a loud prophet that's kind of ta- calling out wickedness in the world and getting ready to overflow uh, world leaders. That's what all of the disciples of Jesus believed. They believed that he was the one that was going to restore power to Israel. They thought that Jesus' kingdom was of this world. They thought that he was going to go to war with Caesar. They were basically saying, hey, look out. Hey, uh, Pilate, Caesar, you better look out. There's a new king in town. And so they thought that this Jesus was going to overthrow the government. And so he said, who do people say that I am? They're like, well, based upon old prophets in the ancient world, Jeremiah, Elijah, or maybe John the Baptist in more modern days. But he says, all right, but who do you say that I am? I want you to write this down because I think this is very important. Every time I've taught this passage, it's always worth noting. The most important question any human being will answer in their life is what you do with Jesus. Who is Jesus Christ to you? I think everybody has an opinion of Jesus. He's probably the only one on the earth uh, that has ever lived that everybody has an opinion about. He's fake. He's real. He's God. He's my buddy. He's my friend. He's my pal. He's my savior. He's my healer. He's my redeemer. He's my guide. He's my provider. He's, are you hearing me today? Everyone's got an opinion about Jesus. And I was thinking about this, that he came and he said, who do people say that I am? And, and they, and they basically said the world is pretty much confused like Orange County today. Some people say that Jesus is a good teacher. You get some good information from him. You get some morality from Jesus. You get some good principles from Jesus. He was a good teacher, a famous teacher. But many times, our revelation of Jesus will determine what we get from Jesus. I was praying this week, and God said, you know what God did to Peter? He wants to do what he did to Peter to us. Number one, he built in Peter a, number one, a revelation of who Jesus is. You know why many people never see God in a great way or do great things with God, for God? is because they never have an accurate revelation of Jesus. I believe that how you see Jesus will determine what you do with Jesus in your life. Some of you see a little Jesus doing nothing in the back alleys of society, eating the scraps off of the world's table. Some of you think that Jesus is like the tail of society. You think the church is some like little, little country club we go to when we don't have important things on our schedule. But I want you to know that your revelation of Jesus will determine how you build and what you build in life. And many people, they have, a, they have a revelation of Jesus. Well, he's just, he's just going to get me to heaven. He's my get-out-of-jail-free card. He's my fire insurance from hell. I want to live as close to the edge as I can, but I still want to go to heaven. Many people have a revelation that Jesus is a, a, a friend. He's a buddy. He's a, people have this revelation that he's your pal. He's your genie. He's your lucky charm. He's your bro. He's your dude. Maybe you graduate. He's your boss. Maybe he's your manager. Maybe he's beyond that. He's your leader. Or maybe like Peter, he becomes your Lord. Your revelation of Jesus will determine what he is and what he does in your life. Many people see God small, so God does small things. Here's the problem, though. You will, you will live with or without a clear revelation of Jesus. Well, what happens if we don't have a revelation of Jesus? You will build, but you will build Babel. I'm persuaded. Orange County is home of Babel builders. We build taller than anywhere else in the country. 
We build bigger companies, larger empires, bigger homes. I'm not saying any of that stuff is bad by itself. But I'm saying that when you don't build for God's kingdom, you will build for your own. And I want to warn you, you can do it for a season. You can build an empire. You can build a mega organization. You can make tons of money. But if you are building to make your name great... Babel was the place that humanity said, let us build a tower that reaches heaven to make a name for ourselves. Orange County is all about living, living the American dream and building a name for ourselves. I don't think that God is against you building something great. Can I get an amen? Last time I checked, everything that God does in us is he wants to do something great. But the motive of our heart has to be, I'm not building for my name. I'm building for his name. I want my company to be great for his name. I want my marriage to be great for his name. I want me to be blessed for his name. Right? And when you build with no revelation of God, you will always build a tower for your own name. I don't want to build a tower for my own name. I don't want to see him just as a buddy, as fire insurance. I believe that how you see Jesus determines your level of commitment. The wise builder in, in Luke 6, 46, he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I believe your revelation will determine what you do with God. If he's Lord, he has, he has control to do whatever he wants to do in your life. Does that make sense? It says that as he is, so are we in this world. First, first John four seventeen. As he is... So are we in this world. Let's take this back for a second. What does that mean? It means how you see Jesus is how you and I will live in this world. If you see Jesus as some beat up God that couldn't make it, some deity that's just the, the leftovers for weak people that don't have real courage and real strength, that we just are a bunch of crutchy Christians trying to crawl our way through life, avoid the big bad world, praying for God to rescue us because we're getting our butts kicked by society. If you see Jesus as weak and defeated, that's how you and I will live in this world. But if we see a God that conquered death, hell, and the grave, that he has keys, he has keys to Hades, he took back the keys of hell and death. We serve a God that opens up doors that no man can shut and shuts doors that no man can open. He has the key of David, right? If we see a victorious king, a Jesus that says, yeah, and the gates of hell will not prevail. I'm giving you the keys. I believe that as you see him as victorious, that you begin to be like that in the world. We have a lot of victims that think that Jesus was a victim. Jesus was a victor. Jesus used the circumstances that made him a victim. He overcame those circumstances, and he became the victor Christos. Can I get an amen? He is the, the victor. And what God wants to do in his church today, look, we're not just about us building people. You will never build anybody until God builds you. What does God want to build in Orange County today? He wants to build you. Who builds people? God. He is the author and the finisher. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the one that initiates. He who began a good work in you was faithful and just to. He's not the carpenter that leaves your house 90% done. When God starts building in you, he finishes his work. God builds new minds, new mentalities. He builds new hearts. He creates fresh things, new things. He cuts off the dead branches and he causes the new ones to grow. This is the God that builds. Can I get an amen? And when God begins to build, he always builds by giving us a new revelation. 
It was the revelation of Peter that allowed him to have the identity of the rock of the early church. Listen, I would argue to say that if Peter didn't have the revelation that Jesus gave him, the Father gave him, he never would have had the identity of you are the rock that I'm going to build my church on. Your revelation will always determine your identity. So here's what, I, here's what God told me to tell you. If I was praying, I'm being honest with you. He said, Mark, tell my church, I want to build your revelation of Jesus so that I can build your identity in Jesus. Peter said, Peter said, uh, yeah, you're the Christ. Yeah, God revealed that to me, the Son of God. And he said, oh, because you got that revealed to you, you're blessed. And because that was revealed to you, here's your identity. You're no longer this Simon Barjona, this reed that's going to be t- thrown and tossed by every wind of adversity. What, everybody, what everybody's talking about on social media, you're no longer going to be a little follower of society. You're going to be Peter, Petra, Rock, Stone. You're going to be Rocky. And when your identity is Rocky, come on, you can take on Ivan Drago and Apollo Creed. Can I get an amen from somebody in the 80s? We know this, that he says that I'm going to do something in you. And when you discover this revelation, this revelation of Jesus will give you an identity that you start to believe that you are what God says you are. What does that mean? That I, Christ in me is the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27. I do believe that I can do all that God wants me to do. I believe that I am the light of the world. I believe that I am a city on a hill. I believe I'm the lamp in the house that's not under a basket, shining for all of my friends that are living in the darkness. I believe that my identity is rooted in my revelation of seeing Jesus accurately. I see Jesus as the healer, and because I see that my identity is, God, if you did it, I can do it. Great book was written years ago talking about if Jesus did miracles as God, we would be impressed. But if God, Jesus, did miracles as a man in perfect relationship with his father, he models an example that we, you and I can follow on. That we actually live our lives not as perfect men, but as men in perfect relationship with their father. He said, greater works will you do because I go to the father. He said, go lay hands on the sick. They will recover. I'm going to get into this in a second. But I believe your revelation of Jesus will determine your identity in God. And many of us have a weak identity because we have a really flimsy revelation. We see a Jesus that has that picture that he's got that sheep on his shoulder. Looks like he's maybe Caucasian. I don't know. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's from the Middle East, but I think he's blonde hair, blue. Picture of Jesus, right? And it's just an inaccurate picture. And we just kind of bring, we dumb him down to our level. But your revelation of him will determine your identity in him. Number three, told me to say, I'm going to build not only a revelation in Ocean's Church, I'm going to build an identity in Jesus in Ocean's Church. And the third thing I believe he told me to tell all of you today is that when your identity is in Jesus, your purpose, he'll show you your purpose with Jesus. I'm going to go really deep on this next week, so please come back. I don't have time to do it justice in this service. But he basically told Peter, he said, hey, your revelation affected your name. In the ancient world, your name was your nature. If you said, hey, your name is Harry, Esau, you were Harry. Esau was a hairy dude. Like Esau was so hairy, Bigfoot was taking pictures of him. You know what I'm talking about? Like, we'll keep going. So, so names reflect natures. Your name's Jacob. You're a hill grabber. You're a supplanter. You're, 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 you're a deceiver. And that's why God changed names. Abe, Abraham, Sarai, Sarah, Jacob, Israel. God changed names, changed natures, right? So here's what we know is that the identity affected 
the purpose. Israel was the father of many nations, right? And so Abraham became the father of many nations. So identity was connected to your purpose. So he told Peter, he said, oh, okay, you're Peter, and here's your new purpose, on you. And here's what God told me. I wrote this down. I felt this strong for all of our church, is he said, God is building his church on transformed sons and daughters. You know who God builds the kingdom on? He doesn't build it on, on, on perfect people. He builds it. How many believe and know that he knew that Peter was going to deny him? He said, I'm going to build the church on you, knowing that in a, in a short window of time, you are going to deny me in front of a junior high girl at a fire pit. This guy has zero backbone. Why would this loser listen? He, he knew what Peter was going to do. And he said, I still choose you to be the chief pillar. Because the Pharisees, they didn't realize that the, 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 the chief builder, the stone that the builders rejected became the chief cornerstone. And so Peter becomes the capstone. He becomes the central stone of the early church. And so his identity was in Jesus. I say to you that you are Peter. And his purpose, and on you, Peter, I will build my church. So important. People don't realize this, that we have to value and we have to listen to what God is saying to us about our purpose. I'm going to talk about this next week, but I believe fundamentally that many people get it mixed up in Orange County especially because they think if I was really to have like a really good revelation of Jesus, if I was to really have my identity fully surrendered to God, then my purpose would have to be I have to work at a church. I have to be a missionary. I have to do the Lord's work. But next week I'm gonna talk about this because I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you Nehemiah and Ezra next week. And I might even, I might even pepper in a little bit of Nicodemus and jo jo uh, Joseph of Arimathea. I told our staff this, I'm gonna share it with you next, next year, but God gave me this revelation that Joseph of Arimathea was a wealthy businessman and Nicodemus was the teacher of the known world. He was the leading academic mind. And the leading mind of society and the leading businessmen of society were the very people that pulled Jesus off of his cross. They took the vulnerable body of Jesus that was broken and bloody, that was shamed and disgraced, and they were the ones, business leaders and academic leaders, that restored the dignity of Jesus' body. And I believe that we are here in Orange County with business leaders and academic leaders to restore the dignity and the shame of the body of Christ. If you believe it, come on, say amen. God's purpose is found in boardrooms, classrooms, locker rooms. It's not just church auditoriums. And I want you to know today that when you discover a revelation of Jesus, some of the greatest CEOs that the earth has ever seen will come out of the church. I'm encouraged. Ocean's Church is home to some of the greatest politicians right now. There's future governors that are going to come out of this church. There is future CEO. There is current CEOs that are leading the industries of the world coming out of this church. Some of the greatest entrepreneurs that I know right now are coming out of this church. Why? Because listen to me. When you have a revelation of Jesus, you have an identity that's rooted in him. You can be what God made you to be. I am grateful that God didn't just call priests that were, that were high uh, prophetic people and apostolic people and evangelistic people and, 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 and pastoral people and teacher people. God raises up. You know why God raises up the fivefold ministry? So that the people that are actually in the church can go into every sphere of society and to shine the light of Jesus. Come on, if you believe it, give them a good hand clap. The greatest leaders in the world should be connected to heaven. Why would you believe 
that serving God will be a disadvantage. As though having a conversation with the creator of everything would put you at a disadvantage. No, 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 no. He knows where the company needs to go. Yeah. He knows. He knows where, he knows where your marriage needs to go. He knows where your kids need to go. He's got creativity that, heaven, that human beings have never tapped into. So here's what I know is that the revelation of Jesus will determine our identity in Jesus. Your identity will determine your purpose. And here's the good news. God, when you give him everything, he doesn't ask you to do what you don't want to do in a state you don't want to do it in with people you don't want to live, live around and do, do life with. God will call you to do what you're passionate about, what you're good at, what your past experiences have set up. When you can look at your past experiences, what your passions or your frustrations line up with, you will there find with the revelation of Jesus, your God-given purpose. This is where we discover it. So here's what we know is your purpose is with Jesus. And lastly, your, your authority. God said, I'm building your authority from Jesus. What's God building today in people? He's building a revelation of Jesus. He's building your identity in Jesus. He's building your purpose with Jesus. And lastly, he's building your authority from. Peter, the gates of hell will not prevail. Some of you are living under the, the sphere of hell's authority because hell is full of gates. Okay? The kingdom of darkness is gates. So what gates do? Two things. They keep you in to what you don't want to stay in. And they keep you out of what you want to go into. That's hell. The kingdom of darkness does two things to the people of God. It will keep you in the bondage that God wants to get you out of. And it will keep you out of the promises of God that God wants to lead you into. Say with me, gates. So hell has gates. But notice that when Peter got a revelation, he got a new identity. You're Peter. And when he got a new identity, he got a new purpose. You're going to build. And when you build, guess what? You get a new authority. Here's the authority, Peter. I'm giving you the keys. Keys give access. Keys are authority. You got keys, Tomcat? You got your janitor keys here. I love that. Thank you, bro. What kind of car you drive? Thanks, bro. I'm just kidding. Keys. I was a janitor for five years when I was going through Bible college and serving at my church, getting discipled. And I had, I had the keys. When you're a janitor, you have the keys to any 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 place in the church i get in the pastor's office i get into the finance office i get in any office i just keys to anywhere you want to go i got keys and i believe that when jesus said i'm giving you the keys you know one of the things that jesus did when he when he died on the cross is he he led captivity captive he went down it says that he took back the keys of death and hell and uh, one of the things that jesus did on the cross is he he was giving the church its keys you know, when you get married, it's pretty cool when you get married um, in a good marriage, you will have identical sets of keys, which means that Rochelle and I, um, we have the same keys. We have, the, we have keys to the same house. Unfortunately, she has a key to my car. My poor rims, right? Uh, <laughs> kidding. I'm seriously, though. Uh, Lord, do what you can. Keys. Keys. I have her keys. She has keys to my car. I have keys to her car. And when he said to Peter, he says, hey, I want to give you keys. Because life is full of gates. Hell is full of gates. You know what the problem with most Christians, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but I'm just saying most Christians don't believe or they don't know because they never had a revelation. That life is full of gates that hell tries to put up. But, but, but God is a God that gives keys to open up those gates. David said, open up ancient gates. 
Open up everlasting doors. Let the King of glory come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. The Lord strong and mighty. He is the King of glory. Open up. How do you open up gates? With keys. And that's why it's so cool. We gave Peter the keys. Hey, Peter, you want the keys? Here's the keys, Peter. Hey, uh, Peter, after I uh, die on the cross, you're going to be in Pentecost. I want you to pray. There is a key on there of breakthrough. I want you to wait in the upper room. Use that key until the Holy Spirit fills the house. And then uh, after the church is born, I want you to get up and preach like you're on fire. There's a key on there called boldness. I want you to use that key. When the Spirit comes on you, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Oh, and uh, after the church gets started, you're going to be walking to a prayer meeting. There's going to be a guy that was born lame with the gate beautiful. I want you to use the key to bind and to loose. I want you to lose silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have in the name of, in the keys of Jesus Christ. In the keys of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Paul would get up one day and say, hey, to a demon-possessed girl, get out of her in Jesus' name. I bind the spirit of, of, of torment, of affliction in her mind. I bound it. Paul saw miracles when he bound spirits. Peter saw miracles when he loosed healing. Did you know that today, 2,000 years later, Jesus went to the cross to give not only Peter, but the church that he would build that was built on him, the keys that Jesus died to give his kids. I will build my church. How does he build? With keys. Life is full of gates. You hit gates in your marriage. You hit gates in your business. You hit gates with the economy. You hit gates with your kids. There is gates that hell tries to put up. And it's the keys of Jesus. We say, Lord, you are the key of David. You are the one that opens up the locks. You are the one that opens up hard hearts. I'm telling you that throughout the Bible, God always built people up and he gave them keys. We know that he gave Joseph the keys of the storehouses of Egypt. We know that throughout the Bible, he gave Peter the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And here's my thesis this morning, is that before God builds anything, he builds people. Before Noah built the ark, God had to build Noah. Before Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob built altars, God had to build Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Before Joseph built Egypt's economy, God had to build Joseph. Before Moses built the tabernacle, before David built the tabernacle, God had to build Moses and David. Before Solomon could build the temple, God had to build Solomon. Before Nehemiah built the walls, God had to build Nehemiah. Before Paul built the church, God had to build Paul. And I am persuaded the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. He dwells in you and he wants to build through you. He calls you the temple of the living God. He will build his. It says that you are bought at a price. That you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In the ancient world, the holiest place geographically on the earth was the temple. In the ancient world, they believed the temple in Jerusalem was the gateway of heaven and earth. And also the gates of hell were underneath it. I'm telling you, when Paul says, you are the temple, I am the temple of the Holy Spirit, he was saying that no longer do you have to go to a physical building to meet with God, but I will actually create in you this holiness. This You can become the holiest meeting place on the earth with God. God will build. It says in Psalms 127, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. 
I don't want to build Babel. I want God to build his church through me. The only thing that Jesus is building today that he is passionate about is he's building the church. That's not buildings. It's people. But I'm telling you that when we get big on the inside, we discover a revelation that gives us a new identity. Why'd you stop that? Why, why aren't you into the club anymore? Why, why are you changing your lifestyle? Why, why are you changing your sexual stance? Why are you changing your political? Why, why are you changing? Why are you changing how you see the politics? Why are you changing how you see in the world? God gave me a new revelation. And revelation leads to identity. And identity leads to purpose. And purpose leads to authority. If you believe it, come on, give a good hand clap and a shout. I am persuaded that God is building His church. We live in the darkest window of history. Everyone can stand to your feet. I'm finished up. We live in a very interesting window. We got so much division, so much hatred, so much animosity, so many problems in the world, but there is a solution. There is a God that unifies. There is a God that unites. There is one Lord, one spirit, one baptism. Come on, there is one church. The church. That's why I want to encourage you. Don't talk bad about any churches. Can I get a good amen? I love what Rick Warren said years ago. He says, I would never criticize. I don't ever want to criticize something that God is blessing. We live in a world full of Yelp reviewers, food critics. And I would remind you, Jethro, that it's always easier to critique food than to create food. There is no perfect church. If you're looking for it, you'll never find it. And if you did, the moment you went into it, it's gone. Listen to me. There's no perfection. But there is a perfect shepherd. And there is a place that God wants you to call home. And God wants to build you with a revelation. He wants to build you with a new identity. I am not an addict. I'm not a greedy person, a selfish person, a lustful person, an angry person. I'm a child of God. He's given me a new name. He's given me a new nature, and He's given me a new purpose, and He's given me a new authority. When the church grabs the keys, it begins to pray. Prayer is how we utilize heaven's keys. He says, you'll bind and you'll loose. Here's how we know we don't know we have keys. We know we don't have the keys because when we face a, a, a gate, we just come up to it. We're like, well, my kids are struggling with drug addiction. Just, it is what it is. No, God gave you keys. No, no, no. I, I hit this wall. We'll probably have to go bankrupt. But there's no way out. There's no idea that God can give us. No, 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 no. God gives you keys. No, you don't understand, Mark. Like my, my sexuality, I've always thought like this, been like this. No, no, you don't understand. God gives us keys. And God makes us what he wants us to become. And a revelation of Jesus changes our identity. Our identity changes our purpose. Our purpose gives us keys. You hear me today? Keys. You can't say that. Yes, I can. Keys. Keys are truth. You will know the truth and the truth will set you. The truth will open up the locks. Some of you have been locked up for generations, man. God wants to give you a new key. I believe that hell has gates, but God wants to give keys. Ideas, creative ideas, thoughts, solutions. I believe the people that cure cancer should come out of the church with keys. I believe some of the greatest tech ideas should come out of the church. Come on, how many believe that God could use us? God, we ask you for keys. If you want the keys of the kingdom, come on, lift your hands today. Lift your hands today, real high. Father, I pray all over the room. Just go ahead, if your hands aren't lifted, just lift them up. I dare you to lift them up. Crack the door. Say this prayer all over the tents. He'll meet you here. Just say, God, what are you saying to me? 
through this message. I believe the truth is God brought you here today because he wants you to leave convinced that he will build you. I love the fact that Jesus didn't say that, that he says, uh, follow me and I will, I will make you fishers of men. I love the fact that he says, I will do it. It's not there yet. It's going to be a process. I will make you fishers of men. There are some things that we are currently not that God will make us if we just keep following him. So today, come on, if you would give God permission to make you what he wants to make you, how many want God to build a greater revelation of Jesus? I believe the last day's church will have a revelation of Jesus that prior generations never had. And I believe the more clear our picture of Jesus, the more clear our understanding of the Holy Spirit, the greater the identity and purpose of the church will be. The greater the authority that God will pour out in his church. Our revelation will determine our identity, our purpose, and our authority. So how many would say, God, give me a greater revelation today? Hands up all over the room. If you really want this today, come on, say, Jesus, would you open up the eyes of my heart? I want to see you larger, clearer, and closer than I've ever been. I want to live with a beautiful revelation of who you are, who I am, what you want me to do, and how you want me to do it. Be the Lord, be the guide, leader of my life. In Jesus' name, lead me, heal me. Jesus' name. Now watch this. There's some of you, you've been, you've been afflicted in your mind. Some of you have been sick in your physical body. There's others in here, you've been in a season of mourning. And God told me to just declare, to prophesy today, that chapter ends today. And God's new chapter of authority, of purpose, and identity is coming with this fresh revelation. How many believe that God can heal anything today? God can deliver from anything today. So here's what we're going to do as we close. Two last things today at Oceans. We do this all the time. And it happens all the time. If you want to invite God to heal you, or there's an area that you would invite God to lead you out of darkness in, doesn't make you weird. It makes you human and honest. And that's who God works with. You say, Mark, would you pray today that God would heal me or lead me out of a darkness or lead me out of a season of grief, lead me out of a season of mourning, that he would wipe away the tears. Maybe quite frankly, some of you have had pain on the left side of your body. You've been going numb in your feet. Your toes have been going numb lately. I believe in a God that can heal through doctors and surgeries, but I also believe in a God that can heal miraculously in a moment. I don't care how God heals. I'm just inviting him to do it today all over the tents, all over online. If you need healing in your body, we just lift your hands. Need God to set you free in an area, lead you out of darkness, or wipe away the tears. If you feel a season coming to an end right now, just come on, lift your hands. New chapter, new season. Addictions are going, yeah. Come on, you need freedom and addiction. Lift your hands, don't miss this, don't miss this, don't miss this. If you're really hungry, lift your hands right now. Lift your hands, he's here. More hands going up, I love it. If someone's hands up next to you, this is, this is awesome, we do this every week. The Bible says we'll lay hands on the sick. Lay hands on those that are in need, and they will recover. I want you to lift those hands right now all over the tents. And if your hand's up, find someone with their hand up. Find somebody. Everybody gets at least one person on them. Put your hand on their shoulder. And I want you to pray this prayer. This is what we do as Christians. We pray. We pray something like this. Say, Jesus, I, I, I pray in your name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That you would heal everything that's broken. Everything that's out everything that's creating pain 
at its root be healed in Jesus Christ's name any darkness evil spirit attacking your child be gone now quickly and quietly in Jesus Christ's name let the light of God flood their mind with peace their heart with joy starting now in Jesus name season of mourning heaviness coming to a close now in Jesus name wipe their tears heal their heart restore their joy Jesus name we release it now Holy Spirit and if you receive that just say amen amen now watch how cool this is some of you already prayed you already raised your hands but I want to be very clear you have not you haven't responded yet to this you say Mark I am not living with God I'm not living for God maybe you would say you're kind of a half-hearted Christian maybe you're living for Jesus on Sundays but during the week you're still giving your life to hell and you say Mark I want to go all the way in today maybe you're atheist and your heart's beating out of your chest you're like I've been to church before I've never felt this before there is something in this tent beyond the music beyond the message there is a spiritual movement happening in my heart and if that is Jesus I want more of Jesus I'm asking you to be bold right now I'm not gonna embarrass you but I'm gonna ask people to raise their hands right in their seats everyone's gonna close their eyes this is a holy moment the Bible says we start relationship and we re-engage relationship by confessing with our mouth by believing in our hearts so if that's you today many people first service many more this service you say mark I want to get right with God for the first time or for the for, or, or for the, but the truth is I want to go all the way in I want to rededicate my life today all over the tents I'm gonna ask you to be bold I'm not gonna embarrass you just lift your hands all over the tents. Hands are already going up. I appreciate it. I'll give you three seconds. Lots of hands going up. Keep going. Eyes closed. Heads bowed. One. Learn that everyone that's supposed to respond, respond right now. Two. More hands going up all over right now. Keep it up for me. I'm going to count. Three. Real high. I see one, two, three, four, five, six. Keep it up. Seven. Eight. Yeah. Real high. Real high. Real high. Nine. Ten. Anybody else? Ten hands. Ten hands. So good, so good. 11 hands, I see in the very back. Awesome. Oceans, would you pray those 11 people today? I don't know why, I just feel like there's so many people that you're in the valley of decision, your hearts, it's literally, it's accelerating right now. There's four more of you that you're like, I think I'm supposed to respond. No, I'll do it later. No, that's not me. But you're like sweating and you're freaking out inside. Your heart's beating. I'm not going to embarrass you. God's not going to embarrass you. I do believe that God gives us moments like these to be proud of Him. Because He said that if you're proud of me on earth, when you get to heaven one day, He'll be proud to acknowledge you. Listen, if you can't acknowledge Jesus in front of a bunch of church people, you will never stand for God in your business place. You'll never stand for God in your neighborhood. So this is where courage originates. So you need to make a stand today. Maybe for the first time, or maybe some of you, you know that you're off track. Your kids know you're off track. Your wife knows you're off track. Your husband knows you're off track. Today's the day you get bold again. There is four people that did not respond that are supposed to respond. And I'm just asking you right now, I don't have time, I don't want to waste everybody's time, time today, but there's four more people. I'm going to ask you, you didn't raise your hand, but you were supposed to. Everyone close their eyes. Please, no one looking around right now. No one's looking around. There was four more. I know I'm supposed to respond. This is my day to get right with God. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand on the count of three right now. One, go ahead and start raising it. Two, there's four more. Three. That's me. There's one. Real high. Real high. Real high. Real high. Real high. Real high. There's two. Yep. Real high. 
Real high. There's three. Real high. Real high. Real high. There's one more. I saw. I think I saw. I saw that one. There's one more. One more. There's uh, four. Yeah, there we go. Four. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. Good deal. Good deal. Good deal. Okay, here we go. All right, Ocean's 15 people. Let's pray. Do we ever get tired of this church? Listen, the day we get tired of people responding to God is the day that we, we deserve to shut down. We will never stop making room for more people to be built by God. Amen? So, Oceans, pray this prayer with those 15 in this service. If you're watching online, write heart. Seriously, right now, that's you. H-E-A-R-T. Just write heart or do a heart emoji. God's going God's to get your heart today. And He's going to build your revelation. He's going to build your identity and your purpose. There's going to be a new authority. How many here have prayed this prayer and you would say that that prayer started a new revelation of God? How many would say that that revelation formed a new identity? Is there anybody in here? How many say that new identity gave you a new purpose in life? And who's been living with a new authority since you invited God in? This works. So all over oceans for those 15 plus online, pray this prayer, say, Jesus, I invite you into my soul, into my spirit, would you heal me, forgive me, wash me, and cleanse me today? I kick out all darkness in Jesus Christ's name. And I invite the Holy Spirit to take full occupancy of my life. Lead me, guide me, and be the God and the Lord of my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Now watch it. Just say amen. Now just hang right here. If you prayed that prayer online or in the room, I'm just telling you three things. I don't have time to get crazy into this. Three things though. You prayed that prayer and you're really serious. You need to do three things. You need to get a Bible because God will speak to you through the Bible. You can't be a snowboarder without a snowboard. You can't be a Christian without knowing God's word. Get a Bible. It's free on your phone. Secondly, you need to get a church. Well, the thief on the cross didn't go to church. He was the only dude we know that did that. Don't make that your model. Go to church. Well, the church is hypocritical. All humans are hypocrites sometimes. You're a hypocrite every January when you say you're getting your six-pack back, okay? So listen, don't let screwed up people stop you from going after God. Get a church. If you live around here, come to this church. Go to Mariner's Church. Go to Saddleback Church. Go to so many great churches here. If you live somewhere else, go to our information booth. We'll help you find a church. Thirdly, get in a small group. I cannot emphasize this enough. Some of you, you love God, but you're still living like Babylon because all of your best friends are Babylonians. What do you mean? Everyone you hang out with Friday night, Saturday night, they're people that don't go to church. You should have friends that don't love God, but they should not be your closest friends. He who walks with the wise will become, he who walks with fools will become a, don't be a fool, become wise. Love your lost friends, but be close with those that love Jesus join a small group you can do that on our website small groups if you want to join this church click on growth tracks this wednesday this say it with me this wednesday at six o'clock you watch three videos on your phone on growth tracks and you come wednesday at, at six o'clock some of you've been flirting with this church for so long and you need, to, you need to get this church out of the friend zone you need to put a ring on it are you with me stop dating the church it's time to get married can i get an amen join the church this week God's building his church. Stop dating it. It's time to get married. Can I get an amen? Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.